to Totalus Rankium. This week, Round Eye. Hello and welcome to Roman Emperors Totalus Rankium. I am Jamie. And I'm Rob, ranking all of the Emperors from Augustus to Augustus. And this is Round Eye. Yes. A bit like iRobot. Mm. Yes, yeah. but with no robots. No. It's a bit disappointing, actually. Maybe one of them is a robot. Ooh, we we'll decide. decide. Yes. <laughs> right, okay, yes, the first of the round episodes. <sighs> yeah, looking forward to this. And it's going to be a slobber knocker as well. Yes. Caracalla and Thrax. Yes. Oh. And? The other two. <laughs> I don't care about the other two. What's that? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I think I know where your votes are going. <laughs> well, you know, you, you can change my mind, you know. Okay. Well, we're not actually doing that head. first. Okay. Because for the next six episodes, we will be doing each of the initial rounds. Yeah. But we will also just take a little bit of time each episode to look at our categories. Nice. Nice. So we're going to start with... Fightius Maximus. So yeah, let's let's have a look at the Fightius Maximus round, shall we? Now we've got a lot of data to play with. Yes. Yes, like playing with your data. Oh, data's fun to play with. You might have been wondering recently, but Rob, what was the most fighty of the dynasties? But Rob, what was the most fighty of all the dynasties? What do you think? And I know we're saying that. There's no way you have a clear image of what all the dynasties in your head. Julia Claudian? Yeah. Severin? Yes. Oh, you missed a few there, but yes. Nervin? Nerva Antonine, yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Antonine? It's the same one, but yeah. Shall I quickly list them? Yeah. Our dynasties, how I've categorised them, is Julio-Claudian, then the year of the four emperors. That's not a dynasty. Well, yeah, you know what I mean. Then Flavian, then Nerva Antonine, then the year of the five, actually, three emperors. Severin, well done, you got that one. Yes. Year of the six emperors, then the crisis, which we subdivided into the fall, rock bottom and the rise. Yeah, yeah. But for this I've just lumped them all together as the crisis. Cool. Then you got the Tetrarchic Wars. Yes. Yeah. And then you have the Constantinian dynasty. Right. The Valentinian dynasty. Yeah. The Theodosian dynasty. Yeah. And then the fall of the West, which was the last nine pathetic ones. Yeah. And Majorian. Yeah. Yeah. So, Aww. out of all them, who do you think were the most fighty? See, in my head it's it's obviously got to be something like the Julio Claudian. However, I think that's too obvious. I think it's one that's done more fighting. It's like maybe Severin. I'll go with Severin. The Severin dynasty yeah. is the second <gasps> least fighty oh. dynasty Why is he three in the lot. Well, no, Severus himself was very fighty. Yeah. Then you've got Caracalla and Geta. Geta did nothing. And then you've got Elagabalus. <laughs> and you've got Alexander. Yeah, they okay. really pull that average down. <clears throat> they really so do. No, okay. it wasn't them. Shall I just give you the top? Antonine. Um, they were high. They were. Ooh. I'm looking at now. Were they third? Yes, they were third. <gasps> Theodosian. <laughs> I just tell you the top three. Yeah, shall I? I'm thinking, maybe the more that I can remember. Third place is the Nerva Antonine dynasty. So Ooh. the Golden Age was the third most fighty. Interestingly, yeah, they think it's the Golden Age. They they've got a stable empire, but yeah, well, you have got Trajan in there. Oh. He was he was very fighty. He was. Got Marcus Aurelius was forced to be fighty. You've got mm. Hadrian who who was wasn't a slouch. He could build his walls, couldn't he? Yeah. So um, yeah, they've got an average of nine point four. Okay. Yeah, that's what they got. Um, then, in second place, was the Year of the Four Emperors. <laughs> Not surprisingly, a civil war. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah although some of them were pathetic at fighting. <laughs> yeah. And then our most fighty emperors, Ooh. perhaps should not be a surprise, is the Tetrarchic War Emperors. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so when they all start fighting each other. Yeah. So they were the most fighty of the emperors. Okay, that's interesting. Oh, no, I've completely misread it. Oh. That was from four to two, because there is the most fighty yeah. dynasty, is the Flavian dynasty. Flavians, okay. Titus Domitian and Vespasian. There's only three of them, and all three of them did quite well. They have an average of 14. Ooh. Yeah. Domitian. Oh, uh, LJ Trafford would like that. Yeah. 
all three of them are in the top ten for Fightius Maximus. Nice. Yeah, so they are by far the most fighty dynasty. The Flavians come out wow when you look at the rounds by dynasty. And also great het styles as well. Yeah. By far the worst was the fall of the West. They only got 2.8 as an average. <laughs> yeah, they just were not fighty at all. Right, things we need to do for Fightius Maximus. We now need to finally nail down two things. Okay. One... The very worst three. We're going to do this with each round. We're just going to decide who were the worst three. Yeah. And then we're going to decide on the top five on air. We might decide on the top ten off air and publish the lists. Yeah. There's only so much we can debate this on air, That's I true. think. Yeah. So, first of all, the bottom. <laughs> so for this round, what I've done is I've got all the people who scored zero. Yeah. So here they are. Caligula. <laughs> Getter. Gordian 1. Balbinus, Hostilian, Quintilus, Jovian, Valentinian II, Honorius, Petronius, Severus III, Elibrius, and Augustulus. All of them didn't get a single Fatius Maximus point. Good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but there's a lot to go with there. So yeah. what I did is I removed all of those that did not get a chance to fight. Okay. So I don't enough. think that's very fair. That's fair, yeah. Yeah. So now we've only got a choice of eight to decide who the worst were. Okay. So this is Caligula, Geta, Honorius, Balbinus, Petronius, Quintilus, Jovian, and Valentinian II. Okay. All we need to do is decide which are the worst fighters out of all of those. Mm. Does any of those names jump out at you as being pathetic? Well, Geta, he, I would argue he didn't quite get much of a chance because he was killed off. I agree with that. So let's cross him off the list. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, Quint... Oh, Quintilus was... He, he, well, Quintilus did have a chance. He decided not to Yeah, fight. that's true. He decided to kill himself. So I think he should be on this list. I agree. Yeah. Caligula definitely had a chance to fight. He did fight, but he fought Ooh. the shells and, and his own troops yeah. <laughs> dressed up, oh. which is just so utterly ridiculous. On the time where he got his own troops to pretend they were soldiers. And... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's bad. He's a, he's a definite possible for me to be in the I, top three. Yeah, I agree with yeah. that. And Petronius, if you remember, he ran away as soon as he saw the vandals and got stoned to death. <laughs> yeah. That's really pathetic. Cowardly. Yeah, he saw a fight and he ran. I, I, Quintilus, like we said, he had the chance. He always knew when not to fight, though, because he thought, there's no way I can stop him. Yeah. So okay, should we get rid of him? I think so. Okay, let's be nice to Quintilus. He, he knew when his time was up. Yeah. Honorius, I mean, loads of fighting happened under him. <laughs> uh, but... The only time that he had a chance to really prove himself was when he was dealing with Alaric, and he made such awful decisions. The battles weren't in his name, weren't they? <sighs> okay, should we cross him off yeah. then? I hate to do this. I, I know, I know, I know. He was so useless. <laughs> Jovian. Uh -huh. he, I mean, what, what, what else can you do? You're stuck in the desert because some idiot led you there. <laughs> You've already lost when you're made emperor. That's true. I, there's only so much he can do, but I think equally he didn't win, so... I'd say he's more of a victim of circumstance, though, because of the idiot predecessor. Yeah, okay, let's I'll cross him cross off, him off yeah. Okay. Balbinus. He stayed behind in Rome while Pupianus went off to deal with Thrax. <laughs> Rome burnt to the ground. Oh, yeah. He didn't do any fighting, but Rome just fell apart because the Praetorian Guard revolted under him. Um, so that's not good leadership there, is it? It's not. But maybe, like you say, that's not good leadership. It doesn't no. really show his fighting well, skills. Keep, keep him on. That's a bit okay. rubbish. Valentinian too. he was a kid. Oh, he doesn't get... Nah, Didn't really have a chance. Yeah. Okay, right, we've got our last three then. That was easy. Caligula, Petronius and Balbinus. Now we just need to decide what order they go in. Oh. Yeah. See... Caligula did the most fighting here, but his fights were mad. <laughs> Utterly insane. Petronius is, I'd say, the most pathetic... He schemed his way into the top job, yeah. and as soon as he got the faint whiff of leather, he ran away and got stoned to death. And Balbinus burnt down Rome. Yeah, and didn't really do any fighting. He just lost. I think I know my order. Go on, you say your order. I'll see if I agree. Number three, Caligula. Yeah, okay. Number two, Balbinus. Yeah. Number one, Petronius. Okay. I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah. Write that down in the notebook. Right. So it is official... Our worst fighter in the history of the Roman Empire up until the fall of the West is Petronius. Yeah. Well done, you. Okay, next, more important now. We have our top five fighters. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. 
In reverse order, Constantius three. Yeah, nice. seventeen points. Oh, nice. Our second last Jeanne César winner. He's got the top five. Very impressive. Next, we have a tie, so I'll have to decide this in a moment. Right. Is Gallienus and Vespasian? Ooh, okay. They're both on eighteen points apiece. Our number two slot, Trajan, <laughs> for just wiping out the Persians. Yeah. What did he score? Nineteen. Ooh, that's good. Yes. But our top spot here, the only person to get 20, is Aurelian, the ultimate fighting emperor. Uh, yeah, I, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, so that is our top five. But we do need to decide between Gallienus and Vespasian. I always felt Gallienus was more of a, because he was more of a general to start with, wasn't he? Yeah, well, let's go over this, shall we? Gallienus didn't do anything but fighting. <laughs> That's all he did from start to end of his reign. He fought the Franks, he fought the Alamanni, he fought the Roxini. Just just lots, lots. I've got a list here. I'm not going to go for them all. No. <laughs> <laughs> we did that in his episode. But he, he just, he played Whack a Barbarian is how we described it. Nice. For a long time. <laughs> yeah. Every time he managed to put one down, another one came up. Yes. Not only that, though, he improved the army. You may have forgotten this, but he promoted very talented people and reorganised the troops. He reworked the cavalry. So mm. there was a roaming huge cavalry force that could quickly okay. get from here to there and defend the empire when it was needed. He restructured things, which paved the way to make the changes that Aurelian did easier. Oh. Yeah, so that was very impressive. This was a force of 30,000 horsemen stationed, stationed in Milan that he had. Okay. That must have been fantastic to see. Imagine the sound. Yeah. You feel it vibrating from a mile away. Yeah, so he, he created that, he did. So this, this new cavalry force soon becomes the main force of defence in the empire. Mm. According to one source, he formally challenged a usurping rival to one-to-one -one combat. <laughs> that yeah. takes some balls. Yeah, it does. We don't really know if it happened, but there you go. So that's another good thing, another yeah. feather in his cap. However, he's definitely got a bad side. He's the emperor who lost two-thirds of the empire. Ah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's really, really good stuff. He's very fighty, but this is when the Gallic Empire split and the Palmagan Empire split. Right. So that's not good. But is that more success than fighty? Because there's no doubt he was fighty. I'd say that's more success because he's got a losing yeah. empire. So. Okay. Vespasian. He fought in Britannia when he was younger. It's recorded he fought in 30 battles. Don't say whether he won them, though, but we assume he did. <laughs> well, he's still alive. So. Yeah, exactly. He also then put down the bulk of the Jewish revolt, spent several years in the East fighting there, taking heavily siege cities that we went over in some detail. Titus finished this war, though, if you mm. remember. Vespasian started it. He then won the Civil War, the year of the four emperors. Well, that's important, because well, that stabilises the empire as well. That's good fighting. But don't forget, he did it by hanging back and letting the other three battle it out. <clears throat> But that, you could argue that's good fighting strategy. You could, definitely could. So, Ooh. there you go, that's him. There aren't really any negatives for Vespasian. It's just who do we find more impressive? I like the fact that Vespasian came out at the end as the Emperor. I think that's quite impressive to me. Okay. But I think Gallienus did, did more fight. He just it feels like he did more fighting, and personally as well. Like, yeah, I'll fight you once a while. Yeah, no, I, I, that's how I'm seeing it. I think Vespasian was more successful. He is more successful yes. Ultimus. I think Gallienus is more fighty. So we put him at number three? Yes. So our final top five. Number five. Constantius three. Number four. Vespasian. Number three. Gallienus. Number two. Trajan. Number one. Aurelian. There we go. That's our yeah, top five fightiest Maximus yeah. people. Right. That was a quick fightiest Maximus discussion at the start, but now we get into the meat here. Oh, meaty. It's time for... Round I. Okay, as you correctly said, this is Caracalla, Thrax, and those two others. <laughs> <laughs> you have forgotten. <laughs> Not like I done. Yeah. This is Theodosius, Valerian, Caracalla, and Thrax. Ah, okay. Yes. Now, to make sure this doesn't get too repetitive... We're not going to go into all the details in these first rounds. Okay. We're just going to do a quick recap of their episode. Okay. And then a quick discussion. In the semi-finals, we'll go into more depth. Trying to recap each emperor in a minute or less. Might take slightly longer than that, but not, okay. not too Two long. minutes or less. You're putting on the impression now. Go! <laughs> 
So this round is a sort of middle-of-the-pack kind of round. If you get the average score of all of them, mm. it's 39.82 is the okay. average score, which puts it in about the middle of the rounds. It's not an easy round, this, but it's not the hardest. Interestingly, three of them are insanely close to each other in score. Really? Yeah. Theodosius is our top scorer in this round. He's ranked sixth out of all the emperors. Wow, okay. He scored 45.63. Nice. Now, our second highest scorer in this round is Caracalla. He came in 14th overall. Okay. With a score of 37.90, a respectable score. Then, Thrax, who was in 15th overall, and scored... An insanely close, 37.89. Oh. One hundredth of a point in it. Oh, wow. And then our lowest scorer in this round, but still impressively high, Valerian on 37.88. Oh, they're all so ridiculously close. They are all one hundredth of a point within each yeah. other. Wow. They are insanely close, this group. It, it, it's it's going to be interesting. So who's the standout? Standout is definitely Theodosius yeah. with his 45.63. Okay. Yeah, so he's the favourite. He's the seeded one. And he is who we're going to look at first. He was born in Spain in 347. His father was the famous Count Theodosius, remember? Yeah! Is it coming back to you now? Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) It is, good. He went to Britain at a young age and he fought there with his father. He then fought the Alamanni for a while, under the Count as well. Around the age of 27, he was given his own command... If I remember correctly, we figure it was a birthday present and they wrapped a big bow round. <laughs> or the whole army. Yeah, 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 I think that's what we said. Gooey! My vague memory of that. <laughs> and he went off to rule a province in Moesia. Here he fought off an invasion after a barbarian king was insulted when a neighbouring general killed another barbarian king over dinner. Oh. Yeah, this was... Mr. didn't like the Yorkshire puddings. Yeah, it was. they were... Soggy. S- Soggy but burnt around the rim. Oh, how's that even possible? It's tricky, but (laughs) that's why he got killed. I mean, can't be allowed to carry on this. (laughs) Then some stuff happened, and we don't really know what. Theodosius ends up in Spain, and the Count is executed. (laughs) A big stake. Yeah. It's around this time that Valentinian shouted himself to death. (laughs) Because he was the emperor at the time. Remember that? Yeah. And Valens then loses at Adrianople. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we're not sure why, but Gratian, who was then in charge, realises that he's not up to the job of fighting the Goths. So Theodosius is asked to rule the east, but actually is really in charge of the Danube with one job, and that's sort out this marauding gaggle of Goths. Yeah. Gaggle collective noun? I think so. I think so. Which he does. Albeit not in a very dramatic way. It's not a huge fight, this. He just grinds away at the Goths. Right. That's an image. <laughs> oh, it is. <laughs> Around this time, he gets ill. <laughs> Hopefully unrelated. <laughs> and, hugely impressively, uh, this is where he uh, just unifies the church. Remember, the church was split yeah. hugely for ages, and the whole Arianism was going on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is where Theodosius just comes along and says, right, we're all Catholic, is everyone happy with that? And everyone goes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I, I still baffled at how little that is mentioned. Yeah. There's so I mean, much I mean, fighting for so long. <laughs> Theodosius just seems to come along and sort it out. I mean, I imagine it was probably a bit more tricky than him just strolling in. Um, no, I And think, it probably took a year. I oh, think he just strolled in. I oh. think so. Okay. I think he went in and went, guys, what, what were you all arguing? But, right, put your hands up if you're Christian. See? You're all Christian. Stop <laughs> arguing. Here's, went, a, oh, here's oh, a poop. Yeah. That's a good point, isn't it? Yeah, okay, Theodosius. They sort of shake hands <laughs> in a really limp way. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I yeah. did that. It was very impressive. Okay. Yeah. No, like you say, it would have been years, years in the background yeah. and it's probably been developing over time. But Theodosius can definitely get the credit. It happened yeah. under him. Yeah. So after sorting out the church and after some clever PR stunts involving an asylum-seeking Gothic king, if you remember, a Gothic king turned up and went, oh, I need asylum. And Theodosius let him in and let him die peacefully and gave him a huge funeral. And oh, all yeah. the Goths went, oh, that's actually quite nice. Maybe the Romans are all right. Yeah. Yeah, and it whittled away the support of the Goths. That's... It was a good move. Yeah. Yeah, so he did that. The Danube was mostly settled after a while, and then Magnus Maximus revolts like an idiot. 
Theodosius bides his time. He builds up his forces, while at the same time using his general Stilicho to make peace with the Persians. Stilicho. Yeah, you see, back when I first mentioned this in this episode, you obviously didn't know who Stilicho was, but no. this was the first mention of Stilicho. Fond memories. Yeah. <laughs> Fighting Mag Max. Well, this is young Stilicho, this is. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Young Feral. Yeah. <laughs> he then massacres an entire Gothic tribe. Okay. While they were trying to cross the river. He said, of course, you can come in. And then he oh, slaughters them. That's a bit that's, harsh. It's not cricket. No, it's not. Not very Christian either. It's a completely different game to cricket. Oh, very different. Very, very different. It's, it's like, I don't know, darts or something. Bats may have been involved still. And <laughs> oh. <laughs> probably darts as well. <laughs> Hold him still. <laughs> Nose for 20. Yeah, it's um, a black mark, should we say, against him. This wasn't a proud day for the Roman Empire. It really wasn't. Unfortunately, you can kind of see why he's done it. He's been fighting against the Goths for years, letting more in. He's not going to want to do that, but... There's better ways. Come on, Theodosius. Don't slaughter an yeah. entire people. Naughty Theodosius. Bad Theo. Yeah. He then helped little Valentinian too. He's running away from Magnus Maximus, remember? Yeah. Yeah. Mag Max. And Theodosius notices his sister, Galla. Ooh. It's his Galla Placidius mother. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, see? All links. Now you know the names. Yeah. yeah. So he gets married. Then he fights Magnus Maximus, and he wins that civil war. Mag Max. Yeah. I keep saying that until you say it. <laughs> <laughs> Soon after this, he massacres all the people watching a chariot race in Salonia. Oh, yeah. Why? Uh, because um, they revolted uh, for a bit. And then he went, well, kill them all then. And then later on went, oh, well, don't, don't actually do that. Oh, oh dear, you've already done it. Okay. You? Yes, I remember that now. Yeah. yeah. So, massacre number two. Okay. Theodosius. <laughs> That's never a good sentence, is it? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that one, in, uh, is that worse? I don't know. You're masking your it's, own people. But it's, I would say it's... it's it's hard to really compare which is They're worse. both awful, aren't they? Yeah. They're both really horrible. Yeah. Another person who wasn't happy. It's not just us two not happy about this. Ambrose isn't happy. Of course not. Bishop of Milan. Yeah. And he's got a word or two to say about this. Or more to point, he doesn't because he just leaves Milan. I'm going on strike. I'm bishop striking. Ooh. I will not do my job. Took his hat off. Yeah. <laughs> Until you repent, atone for your sins. I remember this, and he has to go naked or something. <laughs> I think maybe that's your interpretation. Probably. <laughs> but didn't he have to go like... Um, he had we... to go grovelling for about a month or so yes, in the cathedral. It. Not naked. You clearly have just invented the part where yeah, he had no okay. clothes on. Well, no, I, I think he definitely did have no clothes on. Oh, no, I agree with you now. I want the whole ceiling repainted. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was that. Naked. Yeah, definitely. Make sure you wax. <laughs> Tends to splash. Yeah, so he's a, he's in the um, cathedral for several months, several months, just groveling yeah. the Roman emperor. That's yeah. quite a good propaganda move, though. That's, yeah, that's yeah. pretty savvy. When he comes out, he's greeted by the news that Arbogast, his trusted general, yeah. has revolted, and little Valentinian too is dead. Ah. He suspects the worst and thinks Arbogast is trying to usurp. So he fights him in the windy battle. This is the one who looked like he was... <laughs> right, guys, a fart off. <laughs> one on one. <laughs> Been eating beans for a fortnight. Now, this is the this is the battle um, on the slopes of the Alps where the wind can pick up a bit. Yeah. Yes. Oh, And Theodosius was in a pickle until the wind suddenly picked up and blew into the faces of Arbogast. They couldn't throw yeah. their spears, fire their arrows, so they lost. I've... Theodosius wins. <laughs> And they really regret taking those giant parachutes. Yeah. The giant banners. <laughs> yeah. Swept up the side of the mountain. Yeah. Ah, I'm alive. It's oh. quite fun. Yeah. First, um, oh, what's it called? Base, base, drop. Base jumping? Base jumping, yeah. Is that base jumping? Yeah. It's where you jumping off throw the yourself off a of banner. What an idiot. <laughs> Why would you do that? I don't know. He wins this, yeah. but he dies shortly afterwards of oh. natural causes, leaving the empire to his two sons, Honorius and Arcadius. Well, a lot of good positives in his story. Well, not for 
a lot of people, but no. But remember, this is Jeanne César. It's a mixture of how interesting, yeah. but also just do they have a certain mm. certain something to them yeah. that you talk about? He's got a lot of certain something. <laughs> he really well. There's a reason he scored so highly for Phytius Maximus. He scored sixteen. Wow. For Approbium Crasium, he scored eleven. For Successus Ultimus, a respectable fourteen. Image Facius, mid marks two point five, and he ruled for seventeen years, so he got a reasonable score there. Mm. Again, his total is 45.63, which makes him our sixth highest scorer. Because he was just an all-round high scorer. There's nothing mm. hugely impressive in each round. No. But it all adds up to an impressive score. He's also the founder of a dynasty. That's going to earn you points. Yeah. And also, he is the last emperor to score over 40. No one manages this again. Oh, really? Yeah, that's quite Ooh. impressive. Yeah. So there you go, that's Theodosius. Something to keep in mind. So the last good emperor. So is this when the empire fell? <laughs> no, when we've made died. our decision. We've made our decision. <laughs> right, number two. Valerian! How well do you remember him? Right, okay. <laughs> Born in the reign of Severus, we don't know when. Unlike many emperors in the crisis period, he was from a senatorial background. Ooh, okay. Yes. He got married at some point. He had a son, Gallienus, who yeah. we were talking about earlier. So yeah. this is Gallienus's father. Gallienus is also another Gene Caesar winner. Father and son combo. Oh, Only yeah. happens twice. Marcus Aurelius and Commodus are the only other two. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? That's really interesting. the only other two father and son duo who got Genesis. Uh... Oh, no, no, hang on. What am I talking about? Vespasian and Domitian. Yeah. They just didn't follow each other. That's why I forgot about that one. And Marcus Aurelius and... Um... I, I literally just said that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> it's fine. I, I'll cut that, honest. Right. <laughs> or I'll listen back and realise I only said it in my hair and I'm berating you for no reason. Right. <laughs> I like the punishment. <laughs> it's fine. Okay, so, Valerian. He was very respected in the Senate. He was top dog in the Senate. Woof. <laughs> That's what he used to say every time he walked in. Woof. Top dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He wore sunglasses. It was great. Oh. Hopefully some of this will start coming back to you. Decius, another crisis emperor, yep. but a rubbish one, <laughs> yeah. was trying to clean up the morality of the Senate. Oh, he was yeah. one of the first ones to say, everyone must make sacrifices uh, to prove you're pagan to appease the gods. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So that, that was Decius. And he also wanted the Senate to clean up their morality. So he... <laughs> you just imagine like, the camera panned on his face, like, come on, Senate, we really need to sort out morality here. It's just not good enough. Then it swings back to the Senate as, like, you know, prostitutes and cocktails and yeah. smoking all sorts of stuff. Everyone just paused halfway through an incredibly lewd act. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Seems all right to me. Yeah, carry on. Valerian looked at this job description and realised that this job was a death sentence and politely refused. Yeah. He no, went, no, no, no. It's, it's like you're giving me almost as much power as you've got yourself, so the next time anything goes wrong, you'll be able to blame me, and my head will be on the chopping block. Fair point. So I'm not doing that. So instead, he went north to the Rhine to fight barbarians. Yeah. Far safer than taking on the morality of the Senate. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> While he was up there, the Empire gets through a number of emperors, like it did in the crisis. Valerian at some point receives news that Emilianus was revolting. Yeah. Gallus, the current emperor, was asking for help. This is where we're not really sure. Does he take his time on purpose? Is he delayed? Yeah. Not really sure why, but he does take his time getting to Italy. By the time he gets there, Gallus is already dead. Yeah. Emilianus is in charge. So... Valerian defeats him nice and easily and is declared emperor at the age of 60. Ooh. Now, this is really bad timing. If you're going to be the emperor, being the emperor at this time is terrible because this is where mm. the empire is literally about to hit rock bottom. Yeah. This is just as it's all about to fall apart. Smallpox is rife. Oh. This is around the period we were doing the uh, the smallpox episode. Yeah, yeah. The economy was in tatters. Yeah. The money's not working. Barbarians of all different types were invading everywhere, from Britain to the Rhine to the Danube to Asia Minor. The Persians were invading. The crisis really was bad. It really was. Really was. 
So, Valerian puts Gallienus in charge of pushing out the barbarians in the west, and he heads off to fight Sharpor. Yeah. yeah. He puts down a revolt on the way. He fights some Goths in Asia Minor. He pushes them back. Then he starts to organise against the east, but then has to go back to Asia Minor when a new group of Goths invade. Again, he defeats them. By this point, his army is exhausted and is suffering from the plague. Oh, dear. <laughs> and that's when he receives word that Sharpor has invaded. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. It's getting worse and worse. He's only got one option. He takes his weak army to meet the King of Kings. Once there, a meeting is arranged. One-on-one, Sharpor and Valerian. Dance off. <laughs> that's how it was sold to him. Yeah. No, that's a trap. It's clearly a trap. I'm not. Like, oh, dance off, you say. <laughs> Go on, man. Yeah, new age <laughs> disco. <laughs> yeah. He goes forth to negotiate, but when there, Sharpor puts him under arrest. <laughs> that puts him under a rug. Maybe he did. We don't know what happens to him after that, but we have decided he was turned into a hat, hat stand. stand. Yeah. And ever since then has been passed between the Persians and the Romans, with each passing victory on either side. So when you think Augustus was... Augustus, sorry, was at the end of the empire. Yeah. Where's Valerian then? Uh, This is what I thought. I tried to figure out where he is at the moment. I think the last time we mentioned him was during Galerius's episode, Diocletian. I think they got them back off the Persians. Yeah, yeah. But... I think there was an oversight in my research. I'm fairly certain the Persians probably got Valerian back during Julian's reign when Julian oh. lost against the Persians. Well, it was probably part of those negotiations with Jovian that Valerian had to go back. Bloody Julian. Yeah, so he lost Valerian. However, though, did the Byzantines go... go, oh, go the, did they fight the Persians? The Persians are definitely still around to begin with. Oh, there's a chance. Oh, yes. He's with the Persians. The Romans just need to go and get him. So Valerian might return... <laughs> Yes. Yay! <laughs> right, okay, so that, that is Valerian. Right, we don't know how he died historically. Remember, there was a theory he was sent off to work on Be- various bridges yeah. in the Empire. Aqueducts. Yeah, there was a theory that he was just killed there and then. Someone says they poured gold down his throat. I Yeah, yeah I saw a horrible... I'm watching at Eight Days at Change Rome, and they did that too. Oh, was Thursday on there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that took me a minute. Like, who's Thursday? Uh... <laughs> What's the eighth one? <laughs> Monday, too. <laughs> and this time it's worse. Sorry, um, carry on. Is it, is it, is Crassus, wasn't it? Apparently they did that to Crassus. Yes, we will do get round to Crassus in Roman Republic at some point. It's pretty gruesome. Oh, it is gruesome, yeah. Yeah, so there's the theory that that happened to Valerian as well. Turned into a footstool at one point is a, oh, is one source. That'd be easier. Be easier. Because, you know, when your hat stand like your arm falls off and stuff. And Yeah, but, I mean, he is a hat stand, we know that. Oh, he's definitely a hat stand. He's our lowest scorer in this round, but mm. as I mentioned earlier, only just. He scored 14 for Phytius Maximus. Mm. A respectable score. Eight for Opprobium Crasium possibly just because he thought being the emperor was a good idea during the crisis yeah. period. He scored 12 for success as Ultimus, yeah. which, looking back, seems somewhat generous, I'll be <laughs> honest. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it was a mess. He was the first emperor in the crisis to actually it. show some promise. And that's why he gave him Genesis yeah. He's tenuous, but... Yeah, I, it was a weak one, I'll give you that. Other points, like I say, he's a father-son team. There aren't many of them. He's the only emperor in our history that we've covered to be captured by the enemy. That's true. Not good, but interesting. Imagofacius, he scored three, so he scored well there. He ruled for seven years, Ooh. so 0.88. Okay. Yeah. So, not bad. Yeah. Not bad. So, possibly him. Maybe he can go through. Next. Um, he has a scary face. And that's all you need to know. Because <laughs> we, we, we saw the, the bus. We, we saw, saw the bus, bus down in oh. London. Oh, it, it is. It's genuinely intimidating. It is. It's really good. The bust of Lucius Septimius Bassianus. Quite easy to forget that that's his name. Caracalla was a nickname. I was thinking, who the hell are you talking about? No, this is this is him. Lucius Septimius Bassianus. So was he Emperor Bassianus? Emperor Antoninus, ah. as he was known at the time. Caracalla, remember, Hooded was... Cloak. The Hooded Cloak, yes, which is just so cool. Evil Emperor. He was, and I quote, winsome and clever and respectful to his parents. 
So he does have some redeeming features. He does. <laughs> but I carry on that quote. However, when he passed beyond the age of a boy, he became more reserved and stern and even somewhat savage in expression. And indeed so much so that many were unable to believe that he was the same person whom they had known as a boy. Anyone that you can describe with the word savage is yeah. fantastic. Well, that made me think maybe this is literal. Maybe he wasn't the person they knew as a boy. Maybe this was just some evil Feral. person who ate Lucius Septimius Bassianus and then took his place. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it was. Ah, son, ooh, you have a different face. (laughs) How strange. Never mind. (laughs) Oh, no, his father's Severus. Yeah. It'd be, ah, Sean. Sean, new face. (laughs) (laughs) Looks great. Shocking. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Caracalla spent his childhood following his father around, waging war in the east. Oh, he'd love that. He would love that. Wouldn't he? At one point... They discover Thrax when passing a village. So he would have been there when Thrax was discovered. When they returned to Rome, Caracalla was worried that the Praetorian prefect, and this is Severus's childhood friend, Plautianus, was attempting to take over. He was less than pleased, therefore, when he was told that he was going to marry the Praetorian prefect's daughter. They wed. Yeah. Caracalla refuses to even dine with her afterwards. <laughs> he then swore that he would kill them both when he became emperor, the daughter and the father. And they're both like, you'll never be emperor, you're too crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he then spends a time spreading rumours about Plautianus. Eventually Severus calls Plautianus to him to explain the rumours. Plautianus seemed like he was doing a good job. Yeah. Severus seemed convinced. And this, if you remember, is when Caracalla took two steps forward, punches Plautianus in the face, and orders the nearby guard to kill him on the spot. Yeah, I remember. Which then happens. <laughs> yeah. And as I said in the episode, Caracalla is 17 at this point. <laughs> A little bit spoiled. I mean, seriously. It's Imagine just... Severus' face, mouth wide open, like, what the hell? Shocking. <laughs> we need to show a semblance of sophistication. <laughs> Not the shaverish caracalla. Yeah. He then goes to Britain with his father. Remember, Severus organises the family outing to Britain to go and kill some people to bring the family together. <laughs> Picnic guy. Yeah. Bring your biggest axe. So off they go to Britain. On this journey, and obviously we covered this in more detail, but he tries to have the new Praetorian prefect executed, but fails. He is plotting against his brother Geta. He then attempts to assassinate Severus in front of a bunch of people. On the horse, yeah. On the horse. And Severus wanted to stop being a git. Well, yeah, that night Severus pulls him into the tent and just tells him, if you're going to do that, do it in private. We've got to show unity. Oh, that's professionalism, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> it's moments like that where I think, we really should have given Severus, you know, Caesar. Well, too late. Yeah, too late. The public had their chance. Yeah. They chose Julianus. <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> yeah. So, Severus then gets ill and dies in York. So, Geta and Caracalla are joint emperors. They are told to be harmonious to each other, pay the soldiers lots of money, and scorn everyone else. Yeah. And Caracalla listened to those second two. Very hard. <laughs> they get back to Rome. Geta and Caracalla plot against each other for the better part of a year. Mm. Then Caracalla organises a meeting through his mother to reconcile with his brother. I don't think it quite met the success criteria at the meeting. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> when they look down at the agenda at the end of the meeting to see if they've covered everything. <laughs> I'm not sure if we... There's too much blood on this. I can't quite... <laughs> Shake hands? No, I'm not sure this has been a success. No. (laughs) Geta dies in his mother's arms. Whilst Caracalla gleefully stands watching. He's just a... He's horrible. He really is. horrible, horrible man. Well, I'll say the good thing is... Yeah. The interesting thing is, he gets worse. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Caracalla then purges the city of anyone vaguely linked to his brother... Anyone who even vaguely has been near the palace, or his side of the palace, is executed. Dio claims that 20,000 people were killed during this time. That's an insane amount of people. But in a bit of perspective, this is the same amount that is reported died in Adrianople. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's just insane. 
Now, oh. obviously, these numbers for both of those are very dubious. Yeah. But what we can take from this, it was a lot. A lot of people died. More, more than five. This is clearly a full-on massacre. Yeah. So that's massacre number one for Caracalla. Yeah. <laughs> then he makes everyone in the whole empire a citizen of Rome. That's a huge thing. Yeah. He does it to raise the taxes. <laughs> but it's still a big thing. Clever, in a way. Yeah. And then he goes on tour. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> with his trusty lion at the side. Yeah, with their what goes on tour stays on tour because no one's moving the bodies, teacher. Yeah. <laughs> In Gaul, he executes the governor and starts wearing his cloak that he gets his name for. Yeah, a Caracelli, yeah. was it? Yeah, something like <laughs> Then he fights his way along the Danube, fighting barbarians, gains a huge amount of love from the soldiers, who he's now paying a ridiculous amount to. We love you so great. much. He lives day to day like one of them. He's he's one of the soldiers. The, the army love him. When he reaches Asia, he falls ill, and then in Antioch, his mother takes over the ruling, perhaps due to this illness. But he's soon back on his feet and heads to Alexandria. When he's there, he sees the tomb of his hero, Alexander the Great. Yeah. Yeah. And then he goes to see a play. Oh. And then one of the biggest idiots in the history of the world <laughs> decides to do a play about the murder of Goethe. Oh. So we speculate. We're not certain on that. But something happened where Goethe is mentioned. And it's insinuated that perhaps that Caracalla had some hand in Goethe's death. Now, do you think the playwright... I may have asked this already. Do you think the playwright did it as a joke? To get a smile, or he was trying to make a political point. Maybe he just hated everyone. <laughs> I show them. I, I hate my actors. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but Caracalla, remember, this is Caracalla with Mr. Stabby. Oh. Macrinus, the scary looking man, mm. and the giant Thrax beside him. Imagine those three standing on a rooftop as those soldiers go door to door entering houses and massacring all the people inside. No smiling, just standing there staring coldly. As the blood level slowly reaches them. Hood, hood up. Hood up. Mr. Stabby purring. <laughs> yes. This is always my image of Caracalla. I always imagine yeah. him standing and watching in Alexandria. You always get the, 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 the flames... You know, you can see the flame yeah. reflecting on his face every now and yeah. again. But you just see his eyes glowing. Yes. Oh, it's haunting. It really is. This is what I got Genesis are. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> that image. Yeah. Um, okay, so massacre number two over and done yeah. with. He then heads back to Antioch and decides to go to war against the Parthians. He skirmishes on the border for a bit. He desecrates some temples. And then he goes for a poo. <laughs> Hopefully in that order. Yeah. Or was that part of the desecration? And at this point, maybe it was. And at this point, Macrinus has him killed, knowing it was only a matter of time before word reaches Caracalla's ear that Macrinus had been predicted as the Emperor's successor. Remember his episode with all the letters and he's trying to worm his way out of yeah. the prediction. So yeah, Caracalla's assassinated on the loo. But it was interesting because didn't we discuss about the 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 army there at the time either didn't see it or sort of knew about it but were just sort of they didn't know why eye. he was killed they oh, didn't okay. suspect Macrinus to begin with oh yes with. yeah, yeah. he's on his horse wasn't he he nodded to another soldier that did yes, it yes yes and they Someone killed else. the other soldier yeah the assassin his brother had just been executed mm. um, so he had a grievance that Macrinus used so yeah there we go that's Caracalla Scored an impressive 37.90, our second high score in this round. He got 12 for Phytius Maximus, a very impressive 17 for Probium Grazium. <laughs> Only three for successors, Ultimus. <laughs> I don't know how he picked up three, to be honest. Imago Facius, he's our top scorer. He scored the full five. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, an amazing bust there. Ruled for 7.17 years. That's very precise, I was feeling that day when I worked that. One seven. How is that even possible? Uh, I don't know. I decimalised something, giving him a score of 0 0.9. Okay. He was described by Gibbon as the common enemy of mankind. Oh. <laughs> he is possibly the scariest emperor we have covered. Yeah. Let's face it, he is the scariest emperor we have covered. Yeah. Theodosius, who we have just talked about, also has two massacres to his name. Mm. But at least you can kind of see his horribly cold logic whilst also being disgusted at the senseless loss of life there. Yeah. 
Caracal is just bafflingly horrifying. Yeah. Because uh, didn't he pay somebody like a, a thousand sesterces for just saying he looked scary? Yes, yes. Well Wasn't remembered you? there. Yeah, someone said you look very angry, Emperor. Everyone <laughs> held their breath. <laughs> yeah, and he rewarded him. He loved it. He loved that image. He well, that just... explains the bus. And it's, it's interesting because the bus was the first one where he's, he's almost looking over the shoulder. Yeah. It's, it's something about it. Almost as if the person was hired to do the carving and had to keep following Caracalla around. Yeah, and, from behind. Yeah, and occasionally, it. if he was too noisy, Caracalla would just whip around and stare at him. Yeah. It's, it's a very haunting. He's, oh, yeah. So that's Caracalla. Final one this week. Born Gaius Julius Verus Maximinus. Born to farmers in Thrace. Oh, yes. He's known as a farmer, isn't he? Soon became known for his size and strength. According to Cordus... Oh, yes, that's right. Cordus. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure if I'd realise how much the Historia Augusta hated Cordus by this point. (laughs) Bloody Cordus. (laughs) Bloody Cordus with all his details. But one of the details, according to Cordus, was he was eight foot six. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Bloody Cordus. (laughs) Idiot. He was said to have been able to smash the teeth out of a horse with a single punch. Punching horses in the face. He heard that Severus was passing through and set off to impress the emperor. The soldiers seeing the giant let him through and Severus was impressed enough to let him into the army. He then fights and defeats seven of the toughest members of the whole army in a wrestling match. Royal Rumble style. Yes. Yeah. Are you impressed I know what that is? I am actually. Yeah, Yeah, that's good, isn't it? He then rises under the Severan family, in particular under Caracalla, (laughs) who quite liked the man. (laughs) A lot of mutual respect there, I think. <laughs> You'll do. Yes, Caracalla promotes him to Centurion. At some point he gets married, he has a son, and then works under Caracalla up until the point Caracalla is murdered. Mm. He then retires, rather than work for Macrinus. He doesn't like Macrinus. <laughs> but then he hears about an illegitimate son of Caracalla claiming the throne in the east. Alexander. This surely was a man he could work for. Son of Caracalla? Yeah. His name was Elagabalus. <laughs> Sounds like a good name, thought Thrax. Yeah. Let's go and meet this emperor. <laughs> I'm glad I was right. <laughs> According to the Historia Augusta, Thrax <laughs> was utterly horrified by the boy and refused to be in the same room of him. <laughs> Would you care for a sausage? <laughs> yeah. However, I mean, this really does seem like the Historia Augusta's bias against Elagabalus. They hated Elagabalus. Despite the fact Thrax was meant to be horrified by the boy, he works for him and gets promoted under him. I, I, I don't think he was actually horrified at all. He refused to work under Macrinus. He's happy to work for Elagabalus. Mm. So he carries on working for Elagabalus. He's doing well. Then Elagabalus is murdered in the Praetorian camp. Alexander takes over. Thrax is put in charge of training the troops and does a very good job. Soon countless soldiers are fully trained by Thrax to obey Thrax above (laughs) all else. Some people might have potentially seen a problem there. (laughs) But everyone was too scared to say anything. (laughs) Of course you would. Yes. Alexander then goes east to fight an embarrassing war against the Parthians that I will forgive you for forgetting about. I remember that. Yeah, because it didn't go well. No, I don't remember it. No, it, it was... It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. His support is flagging when he returns. Thrax, who had stayed behind, decides to usurp while they're all up north fighting the barbarians. The troops all immediately switch to Thrax's side. Alexander is killed. Mm. The Senate despair. Thrax then stays by the Rhine for a while, fighting the tribes, moving towards the Danube. He gains money by accusing rich senators of treason and taking their wealth away, or by simply demanding that the rich get this, actually pay their taxes. What, what, what? <laughs> yeah, I know. Awful, <laughs> awful business. Either way, senatorial's class start to plot against their despised new emperor. In Africa, a revolt leads to a father and son briefly revolting <laughs> and then being killed immediately. Yeah, I'm not going to write the names down. <laughs> yes, they go down in history as a pair of fools. Oh. Yeah, yes, this is, of course, Gordian 1 and Gordian 2. Yeah. They would have been a blip in history if it was not for the fact that the Senate declared for them just before they died. (laughs) (laughs) Like five minutes. Yeah. The Senate had therefore declared Thrax a public enemy, but had lost their emperor. Ah. They had to fight him now. So, Balbinus and 
poopy anus was chosen and were promoted to the job of joint emperors with Gordian three to soothe some feathers thrown in as air. Nice. Thrax heads south to deal with this, but poopy anus's scorched earth plan works perfectly. Mm, Yeah. Thrax is unable to keep his troops happy with food and plunder, so after finding Aquileo a tough city to siege, he is killed by a mutiny along with his son. And that's Thrax. Fighters Maximus, 16. A lot of that was just his personal fighting rather than his ability to lead yeah, troops. Robium Crasium, 13. A lot of that was the fact that he used to punch horses. <laughs> Successors Ultimus, only 6. Yeah. Imagofacius, half marks. Disappointing. Well, I was hoping for more. Mm. 2.5 for Imagofacius. But it was... Uh, I, I was if, an empire, if an emperor really grabs me in an episode, I'll do a bit of research as well. Yeah. And looking at his bust with his larger chin and his nose yeah it's very likely he did have gigantism possibly so maybe he was um, because possibly um maybe not that tall but okay fair enough. Be- <laughs> well he could, it could have been though because if he's un- untreated it, you don't stop growing because the, the, the gland in your brain that helps you grow doesn't turn off mm. so there are, there are some wrestlers that have had it who had operations to stop them growing at a certain point oh, right. like paul white the big show right okay mm. But when you have it as well, you, you do get a denser bones and denser muscles, which does make you naturally stronger as well. Mm. So, yeah, that's a, definitely a theory. He wrote for three years, scoring 0.39 on Tempo Complete. So, there you go. He rose from being a peasant to an emperor. A that's farmer, impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that is his actual rags to riches story. And he was a giant. So. Yeah, it's true. So, that's Thrax. Okay, now I think the, debate. the best way to do this is decide who's definitely going through and who's definitely not, and then compare to. I, I have a feeling we might be thinking the same thing, although we haven't discussed this. Because originally I had a prediction, but I've changed my, my idea. Ah, yeah, no, that is interesting. What was your original prediction? Caracatta and Thrax. Why? Because they stood out, they were interesting. And you are now thinking? Caracalla and Theodosius. Interesting. Well, let's put a definite through straight away. I know there is an outstanding <laughs> obvious winner here. Oh, yeah. After three, three, two, two one. Caracalla. Yeah, yeah, okay. So Caracalla's definitely through. <laughs> yeah, it is. Disgusting excuse for a human being, but fascinating. Yeah, he's definitely got Gene César, hasn't oh, he? Yeah. Without a doubt. By the bucket load. So, <laughs> so he's through, and I think it's fairly obvious that Valerian's the weak link here. Oh, he's out. Yeah, Valerian's definitely gone. So it yeah. is just Thrax or Theodosius. Yeah. See, the thing with Thrax, very interesting, because physically what he did, great, great general. Yeah. Um, he became public enemy, but still fought back. He wouldn't stop. But also, he was one of, if not the cause or start cause of the crisis. <laughs> he... It was definitely a factor, if we're being serious about it. I mean, he certainly isn't the reason for the crisis. Not the like reason, said. No. <laughs> uh, But yeah, there's... I mean, it links to Caracalla. Caracalla's not a pen soldiers too much. Yeah. Thrax took it to the nth degree. He just wanted uh, to be liked. <laughs> Who, Caracalla? No, Thrax. Oh, right, okay. Um, yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. It's, it's how he showed his love was by punching horses. <laughs> <laughs> Over a romantic dinner. <laughs> Horse tooth necklace. Yeah. Made it for you. You know how romantic dinners and you just get the uh, the people with the violins like slowly coming up to you. Oh yeah. And they, I say this as if I've been there. I've seen it on films. Yeah. I just imagine someone coming along with a horse. Oh. And Thrax can just say, "Darling, I just wanted to say," and he just swings in his chair. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can't say it with words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I, he is interesting. He, I, he definitely deserved Gen A Caesar. Oh, I think yeah. Thrax should be here, but should he really be in the semis? No. <laughs> the- Theodosius is just a fascinating character. He did so much good for the empire. Yeah. He's also got two massacres under his name. That's true. He also goes groveling to the Bishop of Milan for yeah. it afterwards. You've got some very interesting dynamics. It's very mm. hard to figure out his personality, but that makes him interesting. I'm going for Theodosius over Thrax. If you disagree, the coin will have to come out. I agree. You agree. So that is Caracalla and Theodosius through to the next round. Oh. Okay. Mm. And we are done here. Yeah. However, if you go onto Facebook, you will see that we will be letting you, the listener, at the same time as us... 
conduct your own knockout rounds. Ooh. We will be asking you guys what you think, and we will run that concurrently with ours, and we'll uh, see how well that matches up. Yeah. So if you go along, we will put the um, four names. It's actually easiest on Twitter, because they do polls with four options, mm. rather than two, which Facebook do, which is annoying. So we'll put a link to Twitter, and you can go along. If you don't have Twitter, just put in the comments who you think should have won, and I'll uh, add that to the total. So go and check that out. Vote for who you think should go through. And uh, we'll see if that matches our description. Mm. Yeah. Might start doing this before the episodes, actually, so we can discuss Possibly. This. Yeah, you know. rather than after. Uh, don't forget, you can uh, follow our Facebook page, which you probably do. You can also follow us on Twitter, which you also probably do. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget we're on Instagram, which you probably don't, but don't bother. And I keep spreading the word. Thank you to everyone who has helped our podcast in yeah. some way. And also, if you think that we have provided entertainment worthy of donating at least a dollar a month, you can join our Senate. And if you do so, you get access to our Senate-only episodes. And coming relatively soon, although I can't put a date on it at the moment because I'm not sure, we will be doing Anthony and Cleopatra. Ooh. Two separate episodes. Yeah. Not sure who to do first. Because mm. our stories overlap at the end. I might go for Cleopatra first. Really? Well, that's interesting. It I would have gone for Anthony. That, that's because you usually say Anthony and Cleopatra. Yeah, that's literally um, the only reason why. Yeah, so, for that very reason, I just want to be different and do Cleopatra. So, it would just also be nice to do a woman for a change, since we literally haven't done one yet. But yeah, really yeah. good point. So that that will be coming out probably before Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to promise anything, like, but it will be coming out relatively soon. And don't forget, you can also leave us a rating on Facebook. So thank you to Vicky Squires, Christopher Fitch, Ian Campbell, Steve Phillips, Gemma Bull and Chad... Burns. Yes, thank Hope you. Hope that get much. well soon. Um, yeah, thank you for leaving us the lovely reviews, all five stars on, on Facebook. So thank you very much for that. Yeah, is that a new thing? I've just noticed that. Yeah, I, I think I pressed a button once saying, oh, what's that? I pressed it, and then people started leaving nice reviews. Oh, Should we listen I... to some? As someone who is studying the Roman Empire at uni at the minute, I find this podcast good motivation to keep going and very informative. Some things as well that I would never have known. Especially their description of the Historia Augusta, which will forever be known as the Drunk Men in the Pub. Although I must remember not to use that in my assignments. <laughs> Please no, you, do. You so should, then. <laughs> Reference us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Reference us in all your assignments. <laughs> in fact, if you can reference us, hand it in with us as a reference... We'll send you a coin. No, we'll send you a mug if you can do that. <laughs> We've got a photographic proof that you've done that. <laughs> we'll get you a mug. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay, so that's all we need to say for this week. That's round I over. Next week is what I like to call the awful group. <laughs> that's all right. Well, the reason why that is, if you, I took the average scores of all the groups... And this week it was 39.82. Um, all of them hover around the 40 mark, basically. Yeah, Next point. week, the average score for the whole group is 24.84. Oh, dear. Because we have Valentinian. Mm. Impressive score he got. But then we've got Didius Julianus. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> who scored 7.02. <laughs> then we've got Otho, who only scored 19.28. And then we've got Caligula, who only scored 25.73. Right, but that's next week. Until then, next week, round I.I. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hello and welcome to the Coliseum for the matchup between Caracalla, Theodosius, Thrax and Valerian. It's good to be here, Chad. It is great to be here, Hickory, and we're going to see some amazing fighting, I'm damn sure. And here are the competitors are entering the stadium. Mighty look at the size of him. He's like a giant. The ground is literally shaking and all right behind him. Oh, the cheap shot right out of the stadium. Valerian, low blow to Thrax. He's down on his knees. But he's still as tall as them. Look at the size of him. He's not... Oh, he's he's falling. He's he's still falling. He's... Anytime now. He's got to hit the ground. Oh, my God. Is he fell? He just headbutted Valerian. Oh, my God. Look at Valerian's head rolling across the floor. His teeth have come right out. Was that a wayward punch there? But, Chad, there's only three fighting. Where's the fourth? There's going to be a fourth man. Oh, my God. Whose music's that? 
Son of a lion! I'm scared. Hold me, champ. I will. Oh, God, he's looking at us. Make him go away. Oh, my God. He's going off to thrax his prone body on the floor. But wait, wait, it's Theodosius. He's come from nowhere. Oh, steel chair right in the face. They are massacring each other. They love their massacres. They do. And oh, my God, Caracal is letting, letting Mr. Stabby loose. And the referee's allowing it. Good job. Thrax is dead. Thrax is dead. Oh, he's had his face gnawn off like a woodpecker in a hickory factory. Oh, good God. I, I think it's over. And the referee's winning the bell. We have. Two champions! A mighty fine match, if I say so myself. It was a damn entertaining match, that's for sure. And oh my god, and Thrax, the fact they took him down, he was tougher than a $2 steak. Anyway, join us next week in the Coliseum for round I I. Goodbye, y'all. Is that it? Are they gone? Oh, I hope so. Oh. Well, same time Ooh. next week. I, I enjoy it, I hope so. Yes. Goodbye, Cyril.